Hello everyone, and welcome to Chapter Tactics. This is a 40k podcast that focuses on playing Warhammer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. I'm your host, Mr. PD Pob, and for today's episode, we have something very, very special. Now, I don't have any regular co-hosts with me today, uh, except I do have Peter at the end of the episode, so... Uh, check that out. But I did bring on seven or six players plus Peter, uh, six top level players to talk about winning games of 40k and how to guaranteed win winning games of 40k. Now there is a caveat to this. There are is a lot of tabletop simulator getting played right now as we speak. There are people flocking to tabletop simulator to play games of 40k there, and I have recently found out that there was there's a, a movement of players that are already playing on tabletop simulator um and as i got to know them more and more i realized that these players are some of the best 40k players i have ever seen they some of them have uh, perfect records thousands of wins no losses they just the the things they know about 40k can put all of us to shame and they've been hiding on tabletop simulator all this time because no one ever played 40k on tabletop simulator before so they've since since I found out and since the the move, everyone moved to Tabletop Simulator, they have announced uh, launching a tournament circuit called Underground Tournament Industries. That's UTI for short. Uh, they are definitely burning, burning, burning with passion on streams, YouTube, Facebook, everywhere. They're excited to get their tournament circuit going. So they're going to be having physical tournaments. Uh, they're very exclusive. You might not be able to get into them they're very very hard you'll have to go deep deep into the dark web to find out where they are being held however the i've heard the prizes for these tournaments are millions and millions of credits i don't know credits for what but millions and millions of something definitely sounds like an, a good prize support to me and also when i told a couple of these players about the las vegas open and the itc grand champion prize they kind of laughed so i think these guys I think that they're worth hearing out. They've definitely got some great advice, and these interviews are going to be some of the best 40k advice for both playing on Tabletop Simulator and also playing in real life as well, because they've, they've got tips for both. So if you want to listen to this episode and you want to get better at 40k, this is the episode for you. Before we get into that, make sure to sign up for Patreon at patreon.com slash chapter tactics. The patrons get to win cool stuff. One lucky patron did win an art package. Uh, and I already messaged them out, so congratulations to them. Also, go to frontlinegaming.org and buy stuff. We're moving all of our stuff to the secondhand shop. We're going to list as much stuff as possible on eBay. We're still selling mats. We're still selling all that good stuff. So if you need some hobby stuff to work on, go to frontlinegaming.org, where you can find all your tabletop goodies. That is it. I'm going to let the interviews speak for themselves. First, we have Peter the Falcon going undercover into the tabletop simulator 40k world as Peter the Vulture. I think he's Pedro the Vulture this time. All right. After that, we've got interviews lined up with top players, and I'll see you all at the end of the episode. Here I am with Peter the Falcon. Kaka! Freshly back from his voyage into the 40k competitive underworld on tabletop simulator peter are you still with us how are you feeling so pablo i gotta tell you about a week and a half ago um i was told by my government that i wasn't allowed to leave my home and i thought that was the worst thing that could possibly happen to me 
um, uh, due to you know the fears that are sweeping the nation. Uh, but then you asked me to uh, spend my free time kind of delving into this uh, this tabletop simulator shenanigan that they've got going on, and um, that was far worse than anything I think I've ever experienced. Now, for those of you who don't know at home, Peter is our resident stats guy. He is the man who is on the scene. He watches every single game of 40K. He's probably seen every game of 40K ever recorded. Yes, he keeps up with at least. He he manages all the stats, and so I knew when I asked him to do this, it would be a great undertaking, and that he would have to risk life and limb to make sure that he got these stats and this information that we desperately need. But he got it. Yeah. Right? Yes. I I well I I did my best. Um, Pablo, like I know we've talked a lot about stats over the last two years. Um, and one thing I need to say about this tabletop simulator business um, is it's worse than Scotland. Like um, the, wow. the the stats are all over the place. Um, it's very hard to track because uh, these guys, like I'm not quite sure if they're even playing 40K. One guy kept quoting uh, rules from Settlers of Catan uh, during the stream. Um, he just kept building roads, he was saying. Um, I was having a real hard time tracking what was happening. Um, another guy said he was the master navigator at one point. Like, I don't know. I don't know really what's going on. Um, and you, and that's not something I say every day. So I I did my best. It's not like some of those uh, blurry screenshots I used to get from uh, like, I don't know if it was John Hickton or whoever's uh, computer they would send me. So it wasn't, I guess that bad where I was trying to figure out if a, if a number was a three or the letter R. Um, but it, it was a massive undertaking, and I'm, I'm not 100% sure I've got the most accurate data, but I do have data. Yeah. Now, thank you very much for that. Now, speaking of Settlers of the Catan, that is one of many tactics that Tabletop Simulator 40K Pros use to burn and win and raise their opponents. They are absolute the most dominant players 40K has ever seen, with records of up to 1,000 games and zero losses played within a week, as you will find out in the later interviews. Now, before we go into these stats and what Peter uncovered, I would like to point out that Peter had to go into this under an alias uh, so that they wouldn't recognize who he was. So he went into the tabletop simulator Underdark as the Vulture. Mm, yes, the Vulture. Coco. <laughs> they, they definitely would not have recognized him at all. No. The... the not at all. So so his cover is not blown. Don't worry, he's safe now. We did send another guy in here, but Carol Baskin got him. So oh, no. So not just the Tigers. We are we are working with serious, serious business. The UTI does not play around at all. They they are very infectious. They're they are very, very strong. There's an inferno going on down there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I will say though, um, after you know talking with these guys, uh, sometimes for hours, um, I probably didn't need the alias. Um, it is very clear they don't, they didn't know what anything was that I was talking about. Um, yeah, well, but, we still I mean, made the vulture alias just to make sure you're okay. It's true. It's well, thank you. To protect thank you for your that identity. Protection. Um, I have watched Tiger King, and the the. The, the concept that Carol Baskin is involved uh, absolutely terrifies me. Her eyes, uh, they are a window into nothingness. And it's... Yeah. Uh, 
that they actually have a move called the Carol Baskin. And actually, this takes us to our first stat that Peter uncovered. So the move, the Carol Baskin, is when you get a significant other and you get them to join the Skype chat. And then you're playing a game of 40k and then you faux murder them in front of your opponent while you're playing tabletop simulator. So you've got the Skype webcam going and then your opponent doesn't know what happened to them. They freak out and then tigers start coming onto the board. So Peter, how many times was the Carol Baskin used to win a game of 40k on tabletop simulator? 11. 11, 11 times. times. Wow. Um, all of them by the same person. Four of those times were against the exact same opponent. Wow. And was it the same significant other every time? Yes. And every time it worked. Um, wow. Without fail, every single time, um, the, the the player was able to uh, fake murder their significant other on a game, and their opponent... Um, was distracted enough uh, to cause that player to re-roll several misses into hits. Um, at one point, they nudged a demon prince onto an objective um, using a, another piece of terrain. I'm not quite sure what it was. Um, there was a lot of shenaniganry going on there. The Carol Baskin had, like I said, almost a 100% win rate. Um, wow. The only time it failed um, of the 11, so I guess this is what, a 91% win rate? Uh, the only time it did fail um, was when the player indicated that uh, the significant other he was murdering was his opponent's mother. Um, and then it just got really mean. Um, oh, man. Yeah, wow. Really mean. That, um, those are some true above the table mental games that they're playing over there on Tabletop Simulator. The UTI does not mess around at no, all. No, they don't. These no. are absolute the best players of 40K ever. And if you do want to win the game of 40K, I highly recommend emulating them. Yes. So another another thing I noticed was other than Tabletop Simulator, they're actually moving to games being played and tournaments being played in the real world, in the physical world. That's part of the UTI plan. And I have to say, I admire it a little bit. They're hosting tournaments in specifically in areas where no one is allowed out, where martial law is being inflicted all over the world. Mm. They're hosting them in tournaments in places where people can't get to on the edges of cliffs, in the middle of Wuhan, or, you know, in North Korea. They're hosting these tournaments and they're attending them and they're getting record numbers and it's so exclusive. It's so hard to get into these tournaments. And they're mm. they're putting up some really great results out of these tournaments. So as I understand it, you were able to infiltrate one of these tournaments. Um, yes. So I did manage to get uh, – physically I wasn't there. Unfortunately, um, due to the quarantine that I'm under, I had to – uh, stay here, but I did manage to uh, get some webcam footage um, from an event that was held in Pyongyang um, in North Korea, and um, it it was an interesting show, I will say. Um, I was shocked to see that uh, Kim Jong-un was in attendance. Um, wow. I didn't expect that at all. Um, as Are you were... saying he's part of the UTI? Well, I'm not sure if he's part or if he's just uh, like a potential sponsor. It's hard to say. Um, he did move models around. Um, the webcam footage w was really grainy. It looked like um, he won the entire thing. Um, at the end, I mean, they gave him a large trophy. Uh, that was wow. very clear. Well, he, I mean, listen, we heard, we're going to hear a lot of great interviews from players today. Uh, but I imagine that the Supreme Dictator himself... Oh, excuse me. The supreme, supreme leader, leader himself, Pablo. Um, Come on, ex 
Sorry, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to offend. Uh, I, I imagine if he can hit five bullseyes from five miles away with a pea shooter, uh, he can definitely win a game of 40k. So if you ever get your hands on that footage, ladies and gentlemen, with a clever Google searching Google Foo, uh, you'll be able to learn some great 40k tactics from the man himself. However, Peter, what was the top table as well? What were the two factions that people were playing? Um, in Pyongyang? Yes. Okay, well, the, the top table um, ended up featuring um, a Return of the Barkstar list. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was being run by uh, the Supreme Leader himself. However, instead of using Fenrisian wolves, it appeared that he had um, actual dogs um, at the table. Wow. Um, yes, the real, uh, they appeared to be Dobermans, possibly Rottweilers. Like I said, footage was grainy. Um, they were very angry. It appeared they had not been fed in several days. Um, his opponent was kind of running your your stock standard um, Iron Hands intercessor spam list, um, but he he folded immediately. I'm not sure if they were using the new uh, Space Wolf Psychic Awakening book and and that that's where all the power was coming from. Um, but um, the game was over in minutes. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was messy. So- so speaking of the the Space Marine Iron Hands curtain, uh, when I talked to some of these players uh, and I told them some of the lists that we had brought, for example, this year's Las Vegas Open, uh, they they laughed a lot because uh, apparently the lists they run on Tabletop Simulator are go above and beyond what people play. I heard a list of twenty stompas, um, which I know our very own Val Heffelfinger will be excited to know mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. running twenty stompas gives you a better chance of winning a game of forty k than almost anything else uh but what were some of the other lists that you saw that you think people can start using that'll definitely win you game of 40k for sure um so a, a big list that's very popular among them now i don't know if you've actually played with tabletop simulator uh, i have not unfortunately well, it's very similar to monopoly um so the table is square it's very grainy um there's a boardwalk you can you can build hotels um, so that, that's an interesting aspect of the game that they've added to 40k. Um, and so because of that, um, you want, you want to, uh, run factions, uh, that, um, you know, that have a little bit of, of back money, if you want to say, cause you got to pay that rent. Um, if you, if, you know, if your opponent oh, okay. ends up with a hotel on boardwalk, you, you're potentially fucked right from the get go. Um, and these guys, they brook no quarter. Um, like I've seen a guy claim Park Place uh, Boardwalk by turn two top easy. Um, so you're seeing a lot of people running these, you know, very blinged out lists. Like you said, this uh, multi stompa mob list. I'm not quite sure how they fit it into 2000 points, but you know what? It's there. So it's obviously worked uh, for them. I've, I've seen lists that were running um, only uh, Thunderwolf Cavalry. Um, in the hundreds, right? Uh, like, like an unbelievable amount. I believe they're just hitting Control C, Control V. Not sure if that even works in Tabletop Simulator. It appears to because they ha- they were just all over the place. Um, basically, what I would recommend you do if you want to get involved in the Tabletop Simulator, like this UTI business, is um, take a look at the Games Workshop website uh, and pick out the the models that are the most expensive per point that you can and play those. Um, so um, Neophyte Spam, really big there, but they don't do any upgrades. It's just hundreds and hundreds of Neophytes because those things are like $50 a box for five of them and they're only five points each. So the, these guys love running those. And the other benefit of running them is um, 
they're pretty laissez-faire with their movement. So if you happen to pick up too many of them or you, you know, scramble them all up in a big ball and drop them, uh, uh, what's that game called where you made uh, Katam- Katamari style? Um, ah. No one uh, can tell you where the models used to be. Um, so they just keep playing from that standpoint. Um, so these guys, um, oftentimes the game devolves into just giant balls of models being shaken around and then tossed willy-nilly on the table to claim objectives. Mm. It's um, it's an extreme example of uh, strategic gameplay, um, but it's worked for them so far. Wow. So one other thing is I've heard of a list called the Deathless Grot. Now, this, this list is notorious. It's one of the top lists that people run, and I actually highly recommend you at home run it too. So as I understand it, and you can confirm if this is how it works, is you have a list that just has one grot, one mm-hmm. auxiliary detachment, one grot model, mm-hmm. and then everything your opponent, every shot your opponent makes, they just always miss. The grot yes. just always makes it six-up saves. Yes. Uh, you, you know, it can't be wounded. The like you could use, you could throw a million dice at it. It'll never die, and this grot just runs around the board and just takes all the objectives. Mm, is, is, yes, yes. This is, uh, this was a tactic I've, I've seen a few times um, by uh, one or two per- uh, in, uh, players in particular. Um, as far as I can tell, the main reason why it functions the way it does is um, the player's mouse has stopped working, the opponent's uh, mouse has stopped working, and um, so he can't actually um, like fail any saves because he cannot actually roll any dice to make them. Um, so he just, uh, he usually starts with the grot, um, on an objective and his opponent can't do anything about it. And, uh, yeah, he just wins by, uh, by default, um, due to the fact that he's unable to roll any dice or really interact at all in the game. Now we are actually, uh, interviewing a player a little later, a player a little bit later on in the podcast who is taking a variant of the loaded or the unkillable grot Mm -hmm. uh, to physical 40k too with loaded dice they allude to it very quickly i i suggest you listen carefully because they only mention it briefly these players hold their cards tightly to their chest they don't reveal too much because they are of course the best players 40k players in the world yes i mean they're they are ex lawn dart champions um uh english gentry uh, the the backgrounds uh, behind these players are pretty extravagant. I'm it's it's very impressive. It's it was definitely a detour from what I'm used to covering. All right. Well, thank you, Peter the Falcon, so much for coming on and giving us this primer as we go into the player interviews. Uh, are there any final words you want to give to anyone? Any tips that you learned personally to up your 40k game to make sure that you win more 40k games? Mm. To be honest, like the big the big thing that you need to do is um, never ever trust anybody from Big Cat Wildlife, and okay. and um, no ma- and no matter what you think, um, anything is possible if you have a dream. Okay, okay? that's have it. a dream. Nice. That Anything is, is possible. great advice. That's that's. I'm pretty sure that's how Richard Siegler won the LVO. So it's, that's, it's that's true. Good advice. If, we've interviewed him multiple times, and I think that's been the general consensus: is he had a dream, much okay. like uh, Elsa from Frozen, uh, which is Richard's middle name. Elsa. So he's Richard Elsa Siegler. Richard Elsa from Frozen Siegler. Oh wow! I did not know that. that you yes. know, the things you pick up, like uh, the porn the star as well. I'm oh, not sure okay. where which one he got it from. Mm. One or okay. the other. Well, thank you so much, Peter, for that awesome information. Uh, Hopefully, you all at home 
listened and learned something and maybe the things you get from this episode will lead you to winning more 40k games as always thank you peter and we'll see you guys at the end of the episode Bye bye okay here is the first player i managed to get a hold of for an exclusive interview mr conroy figglebottom did i pronounce that correct you did darling it's fabulous Thank you for having right. me, Pablo. You're so happy oh, to be here. Th- thank you for coming on. Uh, the UTI has been an absolute forefront in the realm of tabletop simulator tournaments, uh, and it's definitely something that I think more people should look out for. Uh, you know, so thank you so much for coming on. Uh, and let- let's go ahead and bring some publicity to the uh, tournament scene in on tabletop simulator, and also now with the UTI. So. First and foremost, um, who are you, Conroy, and how did you get into playing 40k on Tabletop Simulator? Well, uh, at first I, I went to one of these ghastly uh, storefront brick-and-mortar establishments, and I thought, no, there's got to be a better way of doing this than rabbling with the peasantry and the masses and the filthy casuals. So I jumped online with some like-minded friends, and we created a bit of a... Uh, Bit of a, uh, a backstory, a bit of a story, a bit of a, a, a little simulator. And I know we've called it a bit of a UTI and a bit of a joke between the boys going out on a Friday night, coming back with a little bit of an itch, a little bit of a burn. But yes, <laughs> I, I think it's a bit of a, a nice a nice lacrimum we've got going there. But past that, I, um, you know, I grew up, uh, lived a life of privilege, lived a life of um, luxury, if you could say. And now I, uh, I crush peasants in uh, club seals while the uh, comfort of my own home without having to have any interaction with these filthy, filthy degenerates. Okay. Uh, and so with Tabletop Simulator, it is proven that you are able to play more games of 40k than the average 40k player, the average 40k ITC player in particular. Uh, so what is your current win-loss record and w- what major events have you won? Uh, all of them. I think I'm. I think I'm close to the richest person in the world. If not, uh, wow. I should be. Um, and of course, I'm the best player of all time. Well, all my friends say so. There's Brian and Roger. They both think so. And of course, there's my Dalmatians. I've got several of them. But yes, and my Peacocks. They both think I'm fabulous. Um, oh. But you know, I spend a lot of my time getting up in the morning, playing and crafting an Eldar list that is absolute, absolute blue vein glory. And um, yes, I, I, I tend to win just about all my games. I don't quite know the statistics. I leave that for, for lesser individuals, people like these. Uh, Mr. Falcone, I think he's, he's quite a good gentleman. I love his beard, but he's, he's quite the fool. He does like playing the fool, doesn't he? Oh, wow. So a 100% win or loss record. That is, that is crazy. Uh, something around that. Something around that, I'm sure. It must oh, what's, so, so how do you win so much 40k so let's say for instance uh, you you come off as a very confident person uh how how do you maintain a 100 percent or near 100 percent win-loss ratio uh you know going into games of 40k well it's quite simple i'm of an upper echelon i find a i find a breed a great pedigree if you so to speak so i like to wield my superior intellect and uh usually i just i just kind of try and pick apart what they're trying to do if they say they've got 24 inch range on their bolts i'll be like i don't think you do that i think you should show me your rules and they'll be like no i'm pretty sure this bolter is a rapid fire 24 ah i don't think so my man i think i know if it was and i make them get the rules out uh 30 to 40 times during a game i'll make them show me their rules and eventually by then either they quit or they give up and i win it's fantastic it works every time hmm. now is it true is it that the other rumor is true that you were currently in the process of buying games workshop 
just to change the edition on a whim, which is, by the way, an amazing tactic. Changing uh, to a new edition of 40k in the middle of a 40k game, uh, where you already know what the edition's coming, that's that's brilliant. No one's ever yes, thought of that. Yes, I, I was trying to do this. I was, uh, I, the stock market was plummeting so phenomenally. I was like, oh, this is the greatest time in my life. I'll purchase Games Workshop. I'll make them put up a new edition. Conroy's edition. It'll be fantastic. It'll be fabulous. Everyone would love it. And, um... Of course, you'd have to have like a, a 90 to 900 page rules. You have to bring six or seven large tomes with you to every game, which would be quite a joy for me. Every, every time I, I ask you to see a rule, it'll take 30 to 40 minutes. Of course, it'll be on your clock as well because it's my system. So, of course, it'll be on your clock. It'll be fabulous. I'll just burn through all that time. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I'll just play out the rest of my turns um, while you're not able to take any actions. It'll be fantastic. Uh, past that, I did just continue buying the four because, of course, they make the most delightful models. They're just so much more interesting, darling. They just got all the all the good bits and bobs. The silly little plastic things are not for me as much. I love the rest. Of course, of course. So, uh, a one hundred percent win rate is, or near one hundred percent win rate in the ITC is basically unheard of. Even Richard, even uh, Brandon Grant, Nick Nottabody, Richard Siegler, uh, the likes of our top I'm players sorry. can't who, hit that. Who are these people? Oh, um, I've never, they, never heard of them, never played them. They do, might as well not exist. They don't even register on my radar. They, they, they are uh, top players in the ITC. However, uh, they definitely don't have your your level of, of money and dedication to the game. Um, so what would you give? Uh, give us one pro tip to those ITC players uh, like Brandon Grant and Nick who can't quite maintain that near 100% win-loss ratio. I think the most important thing I could say is make sure you have one to two butlers on hand at all times. So you don't need to interact with your opponent, don't need to see your opponent, don't need to look at your opponent. You can just say, Ponsonbury, could you tell this man he needs to roll nine dice, please? And then Ponsonbury will run to the other side of the table and tell the gentleman, could you please roll nine dice for me? And then I'll say, how many did he pass, Ponsonbury? And he'll run back and he'll tell me, he passed three, sir. And I'll be like, well, that's too many. Tell him he only passed two. And if he declines, give him a 50-pound note or dollars or whatever the shit we're in. You know, maybe give him 50 chickens for all he knows or a goat. I don't care. But just say, no, he only passed two. And then he'll run over and Ponsonby will tell him. And you know. But I think you should always have three to four servants at every table. And you should always assert rules on your opponent so they know you come from a place of strength. It is so important. Oh, okay, yeah, confidence is very important in games 40k. And then finally, uh, you've been playing a lot of 40k. There are a lot of newer players jumping into the 40k world uh, with Tabletop Simulator growing big, more people painting and hobbying than ever before. So if you could give one new player a guaranteed method if they followed it they guaranteed win a game of 40k what would it be oh apart from paying out but no 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 don't pay out that they're, they're for only for the the upper echelon the, the cream of the crop so to speak so no you should all you all you filthy peasants should play orcs <laughs> or or god forbid god forbid play necrons that'd be fabulous if you could all just play orcs and necrons that'd be wonderful uh, if you're a new player coming into the scene you should definitely, um, oh, I don't know. Just, just don't come. Actually, I like it better without you. <laughs> just me, Brian Ponsonby, and all my UTI-loving friends. But none of you. No, this is it's better the way it is. Okay, so you so can stop if, talking to me now, Pablo. I'm done with you. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Here we are with another top UTI player. Now, I would say that. This player's passion for the league burns more and more with every stream he's a part of on Twitch 
say hello to Mr. Lustin Derp. Hey, what's happening, man? Thanks for having me on today. Uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, you know, I, I know, I know it's very, very difficult. I know you're a very busy guy. Um, but we just had to get the guy on who had a 100% sportsmanship score. Um, now I understand in the UTI you record sportsmanship scores yourself uh, instead of having your opponent score you, which I think is a lot more honorable. It really puts more Otis on the competitors themselves. Uh, so you know, uh, tell me. Who who are you? How did you get into 40k? And how did you get that 100% sportsmanship score across your thousands of 40k games played? Well, first, we probably need to back up and uh, talk about my background and my history a little bit. You know, I came from a really competitive background in uh, in lawn darts. I played six years of college lawn darts. Uh, you know, I, I had that drive for being competitive. I couldn't satiate it in any other way. And uh, I discovered Tabletop Simulator in 40K, and uh, that's a lot of the way that I get that competitive itch out of me. You know, you wouldn't really understand, Petey Pop, uh, the, the level of competition that come with lawn darts. Uh, but the I really feel that that translates way, well over into me being a top 40K player. You know, my, my partner's an Instagram model. Um, I got this nice Chrysler 3000 that I drive that... Uh, you know, maybe someday you'll understand it, but right now I don't think you get how competitive I am and how good I am at this game. Wow. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm. it's really, a competitive spirit is really, really important for competing at the highest level. Uh, and how do you maintain that competitive spirit, uh, you know, from going from lawn darts to, to 40K on Tabletop Simulator? Well, first off, like as far as sportsmanship, it's not really my responsibility to, to, to make sure that that all feels right. Like if they can't understand me, that's on them. So it doesn't make me a bad sportsman. It makes them a bad sportsman because they don't understand how competitive I am and the background that came along with it. So it's their fault that they didn't know that. It's not mine. I mean, it's I, I play 100% sportsman-like in a great way all the time. Wow. So so does, does that mean that, that you don't play, you play against a lot of people with poor sportsmanship scores? So you're always having to deal with, with people like that? Yeah, it, you know, and it's this weird conspiracy. It seems like all the time I'm going to the table and either either like some kind of weird-ass judge or some kind of dumb player, you know, doesn't understand how sportsmanship works. And it's not my fault or my way or, or my responsibility even to make sure that they understand the sportsmanship side of the game. I mean, that's completely on them. It's not my fault that that happened. Mm. Okay, so uh, moving on to the next question. With Tabletop Simulator, you are able to play more games of 40k than your average 40k ITC player. So what is your current win-loss record, and what major events have you won, and what is your future for when UTI goes uh, public and physical? Well, first off, I don't have a loss record because I've never lost at this game. I've I've, I've got over, I think, 1,003 wins and the zero losses like I, i've never i've never lost a game and most of the time that someone has tried to say i've lost uh you know there's there's been glitches and we've never been able to go back and see it you know because there's that stupid table flip option sometimes they get hit and uh and and it's not my fault that, that happened you know we just have to best to the best of our regulation recount the game up to that point and i was never losing when that happened Oh, so so there's a table flip option on Tabletop Simulator? Yeah, and I'm not sure why it hit gets hit, but sometimes it gets hit. And if my player wasn't paying attention, 
or my opponent wasn't paying attention, it's not my fucking fault that we can't keep track of what happened at that point because my recollection is flawless. Oh, okay. Uh, so how do you, so how do you win so much 40k? What's what's your method? Like, go. We'll talk us through that. You know, it's one. It's mental. I have that game one. Just like when I played lawn darts, I knew I was the best lawn dart player in the world before I even threw that stuff up in the air. And when I get to the table, I do think a lot of it's intimidation. Like these noobs that are jumping online, think they know how to play 40K, hitting up the tabletop simulator. Um, I'm already in their head. Like I already have them questioning the things that they're messing up. Uh, They second guess all their movement. And sometimes they just can't simply keep track of what I'm doing at the table because they don't play at my level. And they don't understand the rules in the ways that I understand the rules. And, like, I've won before I walk up the table most times. Wow, you win before you walk up to the table? Yep, you gotta have wow. that mindset, man. That's that's how you get an Instagram model as a partner. You know, that's how you drive the big cars. That's how you do that kind of thing. Okay, uh, and so... <clears throat> um, moving on to the next question, though, no one in the ITC, uh, you know, we've got our, our top players, Brandon Grant, Nick Nottavati, Richard Siegler. None of them have won, you know, a thousand games with a zero loss record. That's an insane record. Um, so f- could you give like a, a quick pro tip to any of those ITC players um, like Brandon Grant, Nick Nottavati, Richard Siegler, who just can't hit that 1000-0 record? Because um, that's, you know, that's a big deal. Before we do that, name one of them guys that has a competitive background that I do, Petey Pop. Uh, I don't think any of them do, personally. Exactly. There's your answer. Okay. And uh, finally, um, <clears throat> for the final question, if, if you could give a new player a method to guaranteed win a game of 40k, with all the new players coming into 40k on Tabletop Simulator, what, what would it be? What, what would you give that new player? What tip would you give them? Just the tip, man. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, real quick, we do have a Patreon, and we actually opened uh, questions up to the patrons. So I'm going to ask you one of the questions a patron asked um, to kind of up their game. Uh, and so this one comes from Dan. Uh, As someone who is new to Flyers and has acquired a trio of Dark Angels Dark Talents, what is the best way to keep Flyers safe when Eldar Flyers being a thing, with Eldar Flyers being a thing, and opponents game planning for them? Well, the last time I tried to play a guy that ran some Dark dark Angels flyers, you know, the table got flipped. You know, so before that, you know, you, you pretty much just have to have the game won before you even come to the table. You know, there, there's there's no way to deal with that other than just already having, getting in that guy's head, have him second guessing his movement, and have him crash those planes himself. Okay. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful words. Uh, thank you so much, Lustin. Hey, I, hey, real quick. Did I tell you I have a coaching service? Oh, you didn't. Uh, do you, do you want to? You can go ahead and plug it if you like. Yeah, you guys need to go to my co- coaching service. Uh, it's it, it's Lawn Dart uh, Phase Six, and uh, you you follow me on Patreon. I think I'm up to like what like like one Patreon right now. So uh, we'll get to probably a half a dozen later. Um, I just got my mom to kind of kick my stuff off. So. All right, right on. Uh, we'll we'll include that link in the description below. Thank you so much, Lesson, for coming on. You're welcome. It's 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 lust and dirt, and uh, and look for me online. I'll be bringing that that big lawn dart energy. All right. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. 
No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash instantinkspotify. Hello, everyone, and I am back with another UTI interview. Now, before I jump into this and introduce my guest, I would like to point out that the underground tournament industry scene does have its fair share of also dark denizens. Uh, it is very, very cutthroat and competitive, and it is where the true masters of 40k are born. And so, with me, I have Mr. Lance Blaster. Thank <laughs> you so much, Lance, for coming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hello. Uh, Hello, Lance. Uh, now, uh, you are uh, one of the notorious underground underground players in the UTI. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into 40k. Well, you're damn, you're damn skippy. Um, I was uh, born and raised up in northern Ontario, and um, I didn't have really good you know, social life, so a screen is all I know, and I owe it to my very English nanny uh, teaching me language. Therefore, I can talk to you today, uh, pub, pub, interviewer. Oh, so so before this interview, you you didn't know any language except oh, I, 40k? I've been, I've been working really hard on this as it's different than typing. Oh, okay. I understand. Yeah, it, it, as I understand, you live and breathe competitive 40k, so I imagine it's hard to, to learn to talk. Yeah, when, you yeah know, that's you... that's correct, yeah. Okay, uh, so the next question. Uh, with Tabletop Simulator, uh, you're able to play more games of uh, 40k than any ITC player ever could dream of. Uh, so what is your current win-loss record in Tabletop Simulator, and what major events have you won so far? Well, I, I won one of the largest uh, conglomerations of, of the UTI. You know, I'm very proud of it, even though it helped scratch that itch. Was um was an 80-person major that uh, went over eight rounds, and I'm glad to say I was totally undefeated. Wow. Uh, and do you know your current win-loss record on in 40K? I've played and won so many games that... Um, it's hard for me to keep track. <laughs> However, I could count the amount of times I've lost on a single hand, and half of those with the fact that my internet went down. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, that, that's a that's a very good win loss record. Um, so, how do you win so much 40k? What, what's your process here? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know cut you into a little secret, Petey Pop. Um, I I use the clock. To my advantage. <laughs> yes. The clock. That's right. So, everybody has a certain amount of time, right? And because we are on the online universe, there's these things called viruses. So I get my opponent to click on a link somehow, whether through email or message or chat, and it'll slow down their computer and lag them to the point where they're spending lots of time trying to figure out what's going on while the clock just runs out and then I win. Oh, wow. 
And and when the UTI translates to physical tournaments, how do you see that tactic um, moving to the physical board? Well, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to, I guess, you know, stand up and go outside first. Okay. All right. So we'll, I guess we'll we'll let you keep your secrets on that then. Uh, so the, the next question, we have in the ITC really good players like uh, Brandon Grant, Nick Donavati, <laughs> Richard Siegler, <laughs> name a few. <laughs> don't even, don't even get me started on, on those. Never. Uh, and I, as I understand it, uh, people in the UTI have insane win-loss records, you know, posting a thousand plus wins and zero losses. In your case, un- an uncountable amount of wins and less than five losses, all due to internet outages, no less. Uh, so uh, no ITC pro player in the scene right now is posting those kind of numbers. None of them have a near 100% win-loss ratio. Uh, and so what would you say, like, as a pro tip for Richard Siegler, Nick Donavati, Brandon Grant to take it up to the next level in the UTI. And, uh, you know, they just can't win the same amount of games as you. So you can go over to um, my special coaching page. Uh, Lance Blaster is the best. And you might learn from me.com. And um, I think that they could really benefit from something like that, Pablo. Okay. And, and how, much do, how much would it cost? Uh, so each one session, session is $150, and you spend 20 minutes chatting with me, and I won't speak at all. Wow. Oh, and then they just like absorb it through osmosis, the knowledge. Correct. It's an incredible process. Wow. That, that sounds very spiritual. Uh, and thank you so much for sharing that link with, with our listeners. Uh, and then finally, with... Tabletop simulator coming into the forefront, and with people being quarantining, quarantining and self-isolating, uh, and staying home, more and more newer players are jumping into 40k. Whether they're teaching their significant others, jumping on the tabletop simulator, painting miniatures, uh, and the hobby is actually growing. So, if you could give any of those new players one tip to guaranteed win a game of 40k, what would it be? I'd have to say that you have to. Kind of put your head down when things look rough. You know, growing up, being isolated wasn't the easiest for me. And now everybody has a dose of my medicine. So all you have to do is not go outside, wash your hands, and read a book, and play some games with your friends. Maybe pick up some of those oldies like Dawn of War or Age of Empires, things like that. And just spend time having fun with it. Okay. Great. Perfect. Uh, and then finally, uh, I've got a patron question at the end of episode. We normally open the door to the patrons to ask questions. However, uh, with this interview, uh, I only have time to ask one question. So one of my patrons has a question about how to win 40k. They, they need help. Uh, they need to improve their game. And so this one comes from patron Logan. What are the best things to practice while home alone? For instance, deployment and movement. And how do you determine what uh, marine equivalent or, or guard equivalent to practice against? You have to practice against both kinds of armies, marine equivalent and guard equivalent, equally, because you never know who you're going to play against unless you have a specific friend and that friend just plays the same army every time and takes the same units every time. And then it's just really easy because you can just know exactly what they take every time so you can tailor your list to beat them. However... Deployment is definitely one of the best things to put out 
Put your army on the table, take a step back, visualize what it looks like, and then play around with how far your units can move and zoning the table and things like that. And I think mm. that, that visualization really helps me personally. I don't actually own any physical models, so what I do is I go onto Tabletop Simulator and put it all out on the computer, and it lets me see how many grots I need to fill my deployment zone. Okay, perfect. Okay, thank you so much, Lance, for coming on and for interviewing. Uh, and you, of course, good luck in the UTI and the future 40K tournaments. Yes, I, I hope that we find a cure. Okay, here we are with another interview coming hot from the UTI. We have another top player. Fucking Mr. hot UTI, bud. Yeah, Dougie McDonald, the, the outspoken player of the UTI. Uh, I would even say the figurehead of Tabletop Simulator 40K Esports. Dougie McDonald, thank you for joining us. How are you today? Fuck rights, Pablo. More time in the penalty box than anyone else in the UTI. Yeah, yeah, and and I was actually shocked to hear about the fact that the UTI actually had a penalty box feature coming into their physical 40k tournaments. Yeah. I, I think it's a really smart move. You know, if you have players who who are trying to be difficult, you just you stick them in the penalty box and they miss a couple of rounds. Well, you know, Pablo, it's an it's an interdimensional like penalty box because you know it's not really a penalty box, but it does the it does the trick, you know. Okay. All right. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who who are you and how did you get into competitive 40K? Well, I'm fucking D Dougie McDonald, bud. And, uh, you know, I got into the tabletop simulator because, like, I was playing a lot of shinny hockey because uh, that's what we do up here. And then I, I found out about the 40K and that it would be a lot easier to high stick people. And that's why I switched to it. Oh, wow. Uh, and, of course, you know, you've obviously been doing very, very well for yourself. You've made a big name in the tabletop simulator world off of competitive Terraforming Mars and competitive King of Tokyo as well, other board games. Um, so, But with Tabletop Simulator, you're able to play more games of 40K than any average 40K ITC player could possibly dream. So yeah. what's your current win-loss record and how many major events have you won? Well, you know, I'm approximately 1,000 and all, uh, very round numbers there because uh, it just happened that you called me when I was doing so well, you know, just on just that crazy streak. But you oh, know, so you're on a one thousand game win streak, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. A lot of people uh, wonder, Dougie, how do you do so well? And I just drink a lot of milk, you know. Milk. Milk. And and you would you would think that that that's that's definitely what makes you good a good 40k player well it keeps your bones strong also um it quenches your thirst and also throws off your opponent because people find drinking uh, milk as a grown man to be a little unnerving so you okay. know it's all about the above the table games especially when you're not actually playing on a table it's like a whole other like fourth dimension of tabletop Oh, wow. And and so you, you talk a lot about dimensions uh, and above the table, and it sounds like you have a real process. So how do you win so much 40K? Talk us through your process. Uh, what do you do in the games? What, what, what are some strategies that you use? 
Well, first of all, like the key to like winning the game is like don't play any games, right? Like you you, you got to make sure that your opponent's not fucking around. And the number one way you do that is like don't fuck around. Okay. So serious, super serious with your oh, jar yeah. of milk in your hand. Oh yeah. Well, when you're chugging like a liter of milk like right from the udder and it's on YouTube and Twitch and you're live streaming that while playing on the tabletop simulator. That's how you go a thousand one, baby. Oh wow. That that's so okay. Uh and so you know, as you might know, um, the ITC has top players uh, like Brandon Grant, Nick Navadi, Richard Siegler, and they don't post one thousand and zero winning records. No, uh, no. You, you know, they don't and have so, the stamina. Um, they don't drink enough milk, bud. Okay, and so uh, other than enough milk, are there any pro tips that you would give to those scrubs like Nick Navadi, Richard Siegler, who can't quite post those one hundred percent thousand zero records? Well. You mentioned a man who I think he's from the Southern California, uh, Brandon Grant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I've heard him talking about like being in shape and and hydrating and stuff. And I don't think that clown knows what he's talking about. Okay, so do you think uh, an unhealthy lifestyle uh, is the best way to win 40k? Oh, yeah, but it's like that Nick Nanavati. I think he might be able to hang in a tabletop simulator environment. Uh, just because he drinks so much, but like, if you're just like crushing the stubbies, bud, that's the best way I think to see the meta in front of you. Wow. That, that is some deep and profound tactics knowledge. Uh, Brandon Grant, Nick Navadi, Richard Siegel, if you're listening that, you know, that's how you hit those thousand no records. And so finally with these questions, if you could give a new player, a method to guarantee when any game of 40k we have new players coming in every day right. on tabletop simulator right. bringing in their significant others you know what what is one tip you could give them to just guaranteed win a game of 40k well if you want to guarantee a win of 40k like i was saying before you don't want to play any fucking games and so the number one thing you want to do is just when you're getting ready to roll off and like in the tabletop simulator when you're actually just like an ethereal being floating in the universe this is a bit tricky but that's why only some people like myself are able to like get that kind of action done and so you want to somehow just crowd them out and just like get in their grill a bit and just be like no fucking way bud oh wow yeah, yeah, confidence definitely a key aspect of winning for 40k. So that that is that is definitely some good golden logic for anyone looking to win 40k games. Uh, and then finally, we normally open the floor to patron questions at the end of the episode. This is just one interview. Right on. I have one patron question for you uh, that I'd like for you to answer. You know, you know, help out one of my patrons. So this one comes from patron Patrick. Yeah. What do you bring to your tables besides miniatures? Measures, etc. Do you bring cards, data sheets, etc. for quick rules checking? He's no. asking because someone, as someone who loves battles, but at bringing them slows, bringing browsers down, and is a crutch. Yeah, you do up his game that way. Well, you know, bud, I like to not only bring my glass of milk because that's important, but also you're likely going to want to have um, a meter stick. And I think this is like a big deal in 40k is a lot of people are playing it in inches, but when you play it in centimeters and meters, changes everything. 
wow. So, so you're just, you know, you, you just measure it in meters using it. Meter yeah. stick? Do you have a yeah. a tape measure with meters on or just the actual stick? Oh no, but like just like one stick that's like a meter. Wow. Well that is that is very, very deep. I never even thought about that. And the good thing about having the, the meter stick is that you can just, you know, get underneath your opponent and just just like hack their wrist a bit. And then you know they're not gonna roll dice like nearly as good. Wow. Beautiful. All right, Patrick, that's what you got to do. Just bring your meter stick. And thank you. Oh, uh, stop, Patrick, my patron. But thank you, Dougie. Thank oh, you so much right, for coming right, on. Right, right, right. Uh, Dougie, I really appreciate you taking the time away from your busy schedule, from your, your dick farm, and, uh, you know, talking to talking to us on Chapter Tactics. Well, you know, Peter, I am a big fan of everything that you do in the Pokemon universe. And um, I think any day now, uh, people are really going to love the show. Thank, thank you so much, Dougie. I appreciate the kind words, and you have a good one. Of course. Hello, everyone. I know I've got lots of these interviews. However, I just got another key interview with one of the best players in the UTI. I didn't know he actually existed. I always thought he was a mythical creature, mentioned occasionally on signals from the front line. However, here he is, the one, the only, the evil Riccio. Tis I, Riccio. Uh, now, Riccio, I, I, first of all, big fan uh, of your work, you know, um, in the, the Tau community, big fan of your work elsewhere in 40k. I didn't actually know that you, you know, you were a thing. And uh, I know a lot of people say you sound like Reese from the ITC. Uh, do you get that a lot? What? What's the ITC? Riccio uh, it... is not Reese. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Uh, so anyways, Riccio, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who who are you and how did you get into 40k? When I'm not destroying Tau, I'm winning games of 40k. Okay. Okay, you're winning games of 40k. Uh, wow, that, that is that is the deepest statement we've heard so far. I can definitely see where you got your your background and, and your notoriety in the UTI. Uh, and so with Tabletop Simulator... You know, obviously, you're able to play a lot more games of 40k than your average ITC player. And so, what is your current win-loss record on Tabletop Simulator? And what major events have you won? Well, obviously, my win record is perfect, as one would assume. I have won all of my games, lost none, and I've beaten all the best players. Wow. All of them? Yes, every single one of them from my local area. Okay, on tabletop simulator. So you've beaten like, like uh, Conroy Figglebottom. Oh yes, yes, uh, all of them. Wow. The the uh, we got Petey McRose. Uh, he's one of my favorite opponents. Petey McRose. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. And and so, what major events have you won? Uh, all of the the ones that I have put on. They're the best. The best, oh, I tell you. Wow, and and as if if I'm led to believe, you run the largest tabletop simulator event two years ago, which was actually the largest 40k event that that we unfortunately didn't hear about, right? Yes, there was over five thousand people playing. The allegations that most of them were Chinese bots is strictly uh, unproven. Oh wow, yeah, five thousand person major event win is is nothing to sneeze at, and so uh, it sounds like you know you have a process. Uh, you go into a game of 40k and, uh, you know, so tell us a little bit about your process and how you win a game of 40k. Uh, talk us through it. 
Well, before we get to that, I just want to take a chance to, to talk about the why UTIs are better than the ITC, right? Who doesn't want to be in or with or have ITC or UTI? It's the best. Yeah. It, totally you, you, better than the ITC in every conceivable way. Only the best players play on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I definitely see burning passion on those streams <laughs> live on Twitch. You know, indeed. It, so it, I, 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 I think I'm starting to be won over by the the people in the UTI. So uh, go on. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Tell us about that process for 40k winning indeed. games. So when you're playing in in the UTI, and by the way, I'm looking for sponsorships, pro player, uh, cranberry juice companies. Give me a call uh, when you're preparing to play. In the, in the UTI, you got to think laterally, outside of the box, uh, Pablo. And that involves uh, playing above the table, above the shoulders. That's where the champions are winning the game. Oh, wow. And and so uh, do you have any pro tips for players like ITC players like Brandon Grant, Richard Siegler, Nick Donavati, who, who are some of the best players in ITC. However, they're not posting, you know, thousands of wins and zero losses. Uh, they're just not posting those insane UTI numbers that uh, you see on Tabletop Simulator. So, uh, you know, do you have any pro tips for them? Well, first of all, nice guys finish last in the UTI. So they're those three gentlemen shouldn't even come around because they don't have what it takes to win in the UTI. So you gotta gotta do all kinds of fun stuff. Kick uh, virtual sand in your opponent's eyes. That's a good one. Uh, shake the table, virtually oh. of course. Okay. All right, and I then so go ahead. I like to uh, try and take over their webcam. Get some really good footage that I can use against them later. Oh wow, yeah, that that's not a tactic that we have here in the ITC. Uh, obviously, because of the less digital nature of our games. However. How do you translate those those tactics onto the physical table when the UTI goes public and physical? Oh, VCO doesn't play in public. Okay, so so you'll just have like a computer at the table play, moving miniatures for you? See, the thing is, I'm not allowed in public places or within 300 feet of schools or Chuck E. Cheese's. So it makes it difficult to play in the ITC, but as we know, the ITC is for losers. Oh, okay. Well, th thank you so much for that. And then finally, we have new players coming constantly into the game. Now, with Tabletop Simulator getting bigger, people are introducing their significant others to 40k. They're painting more, they're playing more, they're reading more. What would you give as a tip to one of those new players to guarantee win a game of 40k? Guarantee win a game of 40k. First of all, don't paint your models. That's for losers. Show up late don't have your list that way you can say it's whatever you need it to be never let your opponent take anything back but always ask for take backs and then when they go to the bathroom move all their models to a place that's going to be more beneficial for you wow that that is that is truly some great strategic tactics advice from one of the game's best thank hey. you so much evil ratio so i do have one question from a patron uh, as well, we do normally open the floor up to questions from our patrons at the end of the episode. However, in this interview, I figured we'd have time for one quick question. And this one comes from patron Kelsey. Uh, what attributes do you think make a top-level 40k player, i.e. level-headed, experience playing 40k, etc.? And are any of these that we can work on while being at home? So, that one's simple. Go to eBay, type in loaded dice, order some of those, 
mix them in with your other dice so it's really hard to spot them, boom, you're already a pro player. Wow. So loaded dice. That is that is amazing. Uh, and what would you say to people who maybe can't afford those dice? Get good, scrub. Okay. Thank you so much, Riccio, for coming on. Uh, you you have a good one, and uh, thank you for doing this interview for us. You are very welcome. Okay. So, finally, after all those interviews, I decided to get the brown magic on the patriarch of the Art of War, our arguably best 40k player in the ITC, Mr. Nick Nanavati on here, to kind of address some of the things the UTI players have been saying about him, and also to get his thoughts on the new underground tournament industry. So, Nick Navadi, how are you? Doing well. How are you, Pablo? I am doing good. And so, for those new players coming on from Tabletop Simulators, real quick, who are you and how did you get into 40K? So, I started 40K when I was 10. Um, this great teacher started a club for the kids, and I started along with that. Started going to the legal game store. Uh, long story short, got more and more into it as I got older, and uh, here I am now. So, for those of you who don't know me, um, I'm a avid 40k player quite accomplished uh, i've won i've been on etc for multiple different teams and countries for the past seven years uh, i've won it twice back to back with my team uh, i've won the itc in 2018 i've won the nova invitational three times adepticon four times the lvo and i run the art of war 40k which is a 40k coaching and content creation business um, so you can check it out the art of war 40k.com wow uh, yeah, those are definitely big accolades. Uh, so with Tabletop Simulator, those players are able to play a significant more amount of games than your average ITC player. And so some of the players interviewed are uh, posting thousand wins, zero loss records. Uh, you know, they're they're winning five thousand person majors uh, on Tabletop Simulator. They're absolute the best of the best. And so what are you doing to kind of up your game on Tabletop Simulator? Because no offense, Nick, uh, you're not winning 5,000 person majors and I've literally seen you lose a game um, and I don't even think you have a thousand tournament games under your belt a thousand tournament wins under your belt maybe you do um, but definitely not zero losses so with with all due respect Nick uh, these players do seem like they're at the top of the game and how do you how do you plan on competing in the UTI yeah absolutely it's a great question so I started off by downloading table, tabletop simulator last week um, played exactly one game with it so I'm adept skilled tabletop simulator warrior and uh, it's clunky you know it's hard to use it's it's great but it takes some getting used to and things that we take for granted in real life are very hard for the computer to to do so screening like measuring two inches between every single model wrapping models um dealing with ruins checking line of sight all this stuff which is just pick up a model and measure and do it. it uh, bend over and check the table. It's very difficult in Tabletop Simulator. So it's actually, while it's the same game, it is a different skill set uh, to a degree. Um, I think a lot of the players from the rules packs I've read and stuff, uh, they don't make too much use of tactics that a lot of competitive players would view as normal, like wrapping stuff, tri-pointing stuff to keep it from falling back close combat, because it's so difficult to pull off in table, table, Tabletop Simulator. Um, you know, people aren't doing it. So that obviously just destroys combat armies off the bat, which I think a lot of tabletop simulator players, this UTI crew that I've been looking at, I've been digging into their list and stuff. Um, it's a lot of like nine broadside tower armies, riptides, mm-hmm. Eldar just 
30 Dark Reapers. It's just gun lines versus gun lines versus gun lines because I don't think anyone has ever attempted to rap anything against them because it's all online. It's virtual. It's wow. hard to rap. So my plan is to go in hot with some tiered in action. I'll get Sworn Lord. I'll get Gene Steelers. Bassist stuff. You know, that's, that whole army's all about rapping stuff. And I'll teach these kids how to play these Salsies. Perfect. So, you know, they also have their own tactics that you don't get to see very much uh, in physical games of 40k. Uh, you know, they, they do things like buy loaded dice, which are, which is absolutely a sound strategy, by the way. If you want to win a game of 40k, um, you know, they've just absolutely been blowing my mind with some of their tactics. Uh, they have things like a flip the table option on Tabletop Simulator, uh, where the guy presses the button and the table gets flipped. And you have to you have to have a better memory than a gentleman who is a six-year tabletop tennis pro. Uh, you know, it, it's it's crazy um, how much time and dedication these guys are putting into these tactics. So are there any new tactics to guarantee games of 40k victories that Nick Nottavati, the Brown Magic, is working on? Oh, yeah, there's tons. So... While those are totally valid tactics uh, for Tabletop Simulator, the UTI event, uh, I've already come up with a lot of counters for each of them. So to, li- to counter the three that you listed, um, people buying loaded dice, that's easy. The Brown Magic says never blame the dice. It doesn't matter how good your dice are. I'll still beat you. The dice don't even come into play. Wow. Now, yeah, I know. It's crazy. That's why you can get an Art of War, guys. Just uh, sign up and get some of that. Then what was the other one? They flipped the table. Okay, whatever. So if they flip the table, we don't know where anything is. That's easy to beat. Just take screenshots the entire way through. Every fucking second, take a screenshot. Boop, 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 boop. Print screen. Done. Oh, you just flipped the table? Here's what it looked like. I was wrapping your army. What was the last thing you said? Oh, and and then finally, uh, people are uh, flipping the table. Oh, they're also sending viruses uh, via link to time you out. Yeah, yeah. So they they send you, they get you to click on a link somehow through some nefarious way. Maybe they guise it in the way of uh, your mom sending you an eBay buy list that she's going to buy for you or something. uh, And and you click on the virus and it times you out and you lose the game. This is really easy to trump too. I I got the flu shot already and I don't have the coronavirus. So clearly I'm immune to viruses. Um, therefore, everything I touch is also immune to viruses, including my computer. So that's just not going to work either. This is kind of, okay. guys aren't even trying out there. Wow. Uh, and so another thing that you see is that they're also very competitive. There's they're a very passionate bunch. Uh, that you know, the, I, the UTI is burning, burning on streams with passion, and so they're talking a lot of smack. Uh, you know, obviously. Professional ITC players like Nick Nottavati, you, uh, Richard Siegler, Brandon Grant aren't posting the, these thousand games wins, and they know it. And so if you could say something to those gentlemen who who are in the UTI uh, to kind of strike fear into their hearts and maybe talk a little smack back, what would you say? Yeah. You know that saying from uh, Game of Thrones where Time Minister was like, a true king doesn't have to say that he's a king or something? That's yes. kind of how I feel. You guys posting your thousand win records, whatever, you know, if you actually had the balls to have a thousand wins, you wouldn't have to announce it every five seconds. Ooh, good stuff. Good stuff from our resident ITC hero, Mr. Nick Nottavati. And then finally, there are a lot of new players coming into the hobby, coming into the game, getting ready to start playing Tabletop Simulator, introducing 40k to their significant others, reading books, painting models, and so much more. If you could give one of those new players a guaranteed way to win a game of 40k, brown magic patented and stamped on Tabletop Simulator, what would it be? You gotta pray to the dice gods. They are 
They're everything. That's just if you do that, you believe in the brown magic, you, you sign up for that, you know, you are good to go. You're just gonna win every game ever. I, I'm not lying to you. I would lie to you. Hundred hundred percent skill player prayer skill on the dice gods. Put yes. it on that. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank I'm, you. I'm talking adamant belief here, not like I'm supposed to do this, but I don't trust. I I need some pure, true-hearted, like, this is going to work, orc-style belief. Okay. All right. So complete devotion to the dice gods. Sacrifice your firstborn. Yeah. Start a cult. Definitely sacrifice your firstborn. If you already have your firstborn, it's time to kill them. Okay. Perfect. All right. And then finally, at the end of every interview, we like to ask, uh, uh, we like to answer a patron question. Um, They've all been doing it, so I thought I'd get you one here. So Mr. Josh wants to know, patron Josh, what are your opinions on fluff-based rules, i.e. Death of the False Emperor, Demonkin Incursion, etc.? Do you feel it penalizes the enemy simply because they took an army they like, or do you think they should be for narrative play only? I think you can incorporate them, and it's cool and thematic, even in a competitive game. But you need to have a great understanding of the game balance. So, for example, uh, Death of the False Emperor versus, like, the Imperium. It's kind of... Uh, if you make Chaos as a faction, as a super faction, versus Imperium as a super faction, and the strengths and weaknesses that Chaos have don't play into the specific strengths and weaknesses that the Imperium has really well. For example, some armies have good matches, some armies have bad matches. Tyranids doesn't do well versus Tau because it's an army of fly, it's hard to wrap stuff. If Chaos as a super faction didn't play well into Imperium, then giving it Death to the False Emperor as a nice fluffy gesture, but also as a mechanism to try to balance the gap there between their natural styles, that's totally viable. Now, other times it gets a little extreme, like Grey Knights just doing whatever they do to demons and demons fixing it by trying to revive entire units. That gets a little hectic and silly, but the, uh, the concept of incorporating fluff rules, if it's done well, can actually work. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you, Nick Navadi, Mr. Brown Magic. Good luck on the UTI track. I Honor appreciate you, luck, you coming on. Remember, we believe here. We are believers. Okay, well, I won't wish you any more luck then. Uh, I will leave you on your way, Nick. Thank you so much for doing this interview, and you have a good one. No problem. Thanks, Pablo. And that is a wrap, folks. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned a lot of information. If a piece of information really stuck to you, uh, or if maybe you were implementing some of these strategies, or if you're one of these UTI expert 40K players, and you've got your own tips and tricks to give to newer players, go on over to the, uh, the chat on YouTube, you can go to frontlinegaming.org where you can find all the chapter tactics episodes. So much more. Also, thank you so much to all the players participating who participated in the interviews. I know you all had busy, busy schedules, uh, dominating games of 40k, you know, maintaining your thousand plus game win streaks. So thank you so much for coming on to all to all of you. And uh, make sure to head on over to patreon.com to support the podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And of course. Because I have to say it, happy April Fools, everyone. Bye. I don't want all of Texas angry at us again.